What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm UB, and I am the Latino white guy of the group. I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group. And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy. Well, and how have you, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question. So is any of this that you're doing and everything you just described something that Buffer would put into a press release or some kind of external PR thing to say, Hey, look at us. Look, we're doing a great job. Do you know what I mean? Does that the question make sense? Like, I guess I'm getting at the purpose behind all of this. Yes, yes, absolutely. It would. Um, I think we would share it from the standpoint of the way we share so many things is that, hey, we're experimenting with this. Here's what we did. If you'd like to, you know, learn something from us, great. Definitely not something that we did to market. You know what I mean? Definitely not. Totally. That we, because people do look at Buffer as a pioneer in so many ways, and we're really grateful for that. But this was for us. Like, this is a homegrown initiative something that we, you know, feel passionate about, something that's going to fill our spaces. And then from that cup that's overflowing, we'll share that with the rest of the world and go, hey, so we did this thing. And here's how we did it, because we're happy to share that because it helps you great, but definitely not something to go, oh, look at Buffer, because now we're pioneering another cool thing. DEI, absolutely not. You know what I mean? But Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's something that for sure I want to share and open up conversations for, for other teams to ask questions and, you know, hopefully make a difference in their organizations as well. Well, I, yeah, and I think it, that's what I was absolutely getting at, because I think that's a key differentiator between any kind of DEI strategy or initiative that's successful versus one that's never going to be successful. And, you know, the, I think over the last five, 10 years, most of the initiatives out there have fallen into that, you know, that category of um, we're just doing this to look good, when in reality it's not accomplishing anything. But the way you all have approached well, it is, go ahead, Mike. Well, no, and I, I so that's exactly what I was uh, talking about earlier. Where again, and I, we don't even have to call out any organizations on this but again when you when you could tell when an organization's like oh we're totally embracing diversity and inclusion so therefore we're gonna we're we're, we're focused on hiring women we're focused on hiring veterans we're fo- and, and again all great initiatives but it, it's to me i have a hard time totally buying into the whole like oh yeah we're, we're we buy into diversity and inclusion and if i ask them like so how many people with disabilities do you have here you know and they're like oh we have this one i'm like don't talk to me about embracing diversity and inclusion. So I think, yeah. again, what, what you're doing there, Keisha, starting with a broad lens of saying that we are different uh, people in general, <laughs> and we should, we should be uh, celebrating that. That's what, I, that's what I love about what she's doing, Ubaldo. So I, I love that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so I, I, I get what you're go, go, going after. Well, it's not well, just about hiring like it, it comes down to the fact that like it doesn't matter how many people you hire if they come into an organization and they feel like crap working there right. then they're gonna leave 
right? Like you can hire as many underrepresented people from underrepresented groups as, as you want, you, but, and say you're doing those initiatives, but if they come there and they don't feel like they have a voice or they have a place or feel even safe, then, you know, what does it matter? Wait, wait, wait. Did, did you, did you work at the same company I did before? Wait, what? <laughs> All worked at this. Every company is like this, Mike. There's only a handful that have been really making the work and Keisha's, Keisha's one of them. So. Yes. <laughs> totally no, y'all are right. Absolutely right. 100% because, you know, as someone who does own the hiring at Buffer, um, that's, also a place where yes you want to try to make sure that you have a diverse candidate pool that you have a diverse hiring team you're thinking about all the things but getting in the door is only one small small step right like once you're actually here what is that experience like for you and and beyond the spaces thinking about opportunities for growth for underrepresented groups i all of that is a part of this initiative and like i said it's early we're just launching literally just launched you know this this new version this month and so all these other things are ideas but they're very much a part of what is to come because we realize the importance of the inclusion piece it's not just because we created this thing now you are invited to be a part of it for example you know let's let's say the 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 asian channel i may have launched it but i'm not a part of that space because i don't identify as someone in, in that group so now it has become a platform to help grow other teammates as well, because there's a group leader in that space who I keep in touch with, who we, you know, talk about different questions to, to share with the group and so forth. But that's literally how seriously we're taking the safety, the psychological safety of these spaces. If you don't identify someone as a part of these groups, then you are now an ally. And so what does that mean? Oh, great. We're, we're glad you asked that question. We've got some training for you. We've got resources to help better understand that. We want to have more conversations. And coming up here soon, we're actually going to be launching an ally channel in addition to those other spaces because we recognize the importance of really teaching and helping people understand that it's not just sitting on the sidelines and being a cheerleader. It's using your privilege to create opportunity and to make space and to amplify those voices. So there's so many layers, you know, and, and I think foundationally that yeah. piece can work for, you know, any organization, but you do really have to take a look at the gaps and opportunities at your organization. And, you know, hopefully if there's a takeaway that someone can, you know, build upon here, great, but it's really about what you can do in your organization and what's going to make a difference for you. Well, and in the willingness to learn, do, learn from mistakes, learn from successes, adapt, pivot, change, you know, do again. You know, I think that's the key too, is, is this isn't just a, a one and done thing. And, and why more organizations need to have a true focus and, and support behind these types of initiatives because they literally, you know, they, they flow throughout everything with, throughout the organization. You know, I've always looked at diversity and inclusion, um, equity and belonging, those types of things should almost live as like a, uh, like risk and compliance, right? Like an entity outside of the normal operations of the organization that flow through every aspect of the organization. Everything should flow back through, you know, every communication internal and external should flow through this DEI lens. Um, sales, marketing, 
ops, you know, all of that stuff. It, 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 this should truly be a, a core at the center of an organization. And I, I think we're getting there, right? It's conversations and examples like, like Buffer that, that keep pushing that, that idea forward, which I think is really important. But it's also important for people to understand that it's not just going to be like a one and done thing. You got to try stuff. You got to learn what works for your organization. Don't, don't necessarily just take, you know, from somebody else and, and just try to apply it as is. No, you've got to adapt and you've got to create safe spaces, but you also have to create brave spaces where conversations can be had that are hard because yeah. those conversations need to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we're actually, we're working towards those brave spaces. Um, we have obviously as a fully remote company, we work asynchronously most often and we have some tools that we use to put out announcements and just share, you know, common themes. We actually just recently put out a thread where we shared some of our internal communications around COVID-19. And those were things that we put into one of the tools that we use that is called Thread, literally called Thread. And so with this cool. DEI initiative, we've launched um, a separate space specifically for inclusion within this tool called Fred. And typically how we have, when you say you've always got to be experimenting and see what works and, and make changes and pivot, typically how we've used threads in the past is, you know, there's an announcement and similar to the thread option in, in Slack, you know, if you want to comment underneath, you can kind of, you know, show some love to that particular thread. Well, what this initiative aims to do is to take the inclusion thread space and turn it into that discussion forum. And so now you just look at the tools that you use and how can you make them work for what you're trying to accomplish, right? right. So we're going to be asking those tough questions. And now we want to generate some discussion, some really thoughtful, engaging discussion. And there's an opportunity for you to ask the question directly in threads. For some people who may not be comfortable asking the question, there's an anonymous form you can submit, you know, your, your question that way as well. But the point is ask. And I think that has to go along with the initiative that's launched as well. That was some of the, the language that we used to communicate it. You know, be curious. If you want to know something about a holiday or about a particular um, group or whatever it may be, ask a question. You know, yeah. you, have to, you have to set the, you know, the stage to, to let everyone know that we're all in this together. We're all learning together. There's no one that, you know, uh, is here to put anyone down for, for asking a question and, you know, be helpful. If you know something, jump in. If you have something to say, if this is your holiday, you celebrate this, this is what you do. Share pictures, share stories, share traditions. We, this is how we learn. This is, this is the advantage of working for a global company. I may never go to Sri Lanka, but I can actually experience the culture through my teammates, right? So making that space so that people feel comfortable to do that. And then just be you. If this is who you are and this is like something that's really important to you, you know, go ahead and share it. I mean, we had some really interesting um, and reflective conversations that happened just after, you know, Easter here recently for people that celebrate it and, and, and sort of sharing a little bit more about their faith or sharing how their faith makes them, you know, um, who they are as it relates to their identity. Um, those things are super important that you open up for your for your team. Um, it's safe to do that, and, and, it, and it's really important for me, at least, to literally use that word safe because I think it just psychologically puts us a little bit more at ease to go, it's okay. You know what I mean? That's how we even label the description of the channel, a safe space for teammates of color, a safe space for 
right? Because that's what it is, and you have to foster that and continue to nurture that. Yeah, yeah. I, I am so I, I'm so thrilled See, Mike. to have you. No, I'm just I'm so thrilled to have you uh, like share everything that you you're doing at Buffer and to really be vulnerable uh, to to use a, a word that uh, Nina uses uh, at, from time to time because I think uh, for you to share what you're doing and how you've done it um, is is something that others can truly learn from and recognize you you know this isn't something we need to go get a phd in it's something that you just got to believe in and so uh thank you for uh, coming on our uh, podcast today we really appreciate it keisha absolutely it's an honor yeah. thank you for having me can, can we broach one last subject because i think it's important just given the COVID-19 situation and you, you brought this up um a minute ago but i, I think you could provide a lot of guidance for organizations who will be going either fully remote as a workforce or at least certainly partially remote for a while, right, for the foreseeable future. Um, you all have been doing this for your entire existence as an organization, remote work, right? Right. So how, what are, I mean, what, I get, what are the key lessons there? Because one of the initial obstacles to this is how do we keep everybody engaged? How do we continue to create a culture that is inclusive? How do we continue to help every employee feel like they belong here? How do you do that? Yeah, you know, I would love to say that we have that figured out, but we don't. Um, and I think a lot of people look to remote companies who may in some cases have literally written the book to have it all figured out. Um, but we don't, you know, we even say, that working remotely and working remotely in a pandemic are two different things. And so the only thing that we do and that we strive to do is to continue to literally, as you just said, Mike, Nina's word to be vulnerable and put that out there even to the team that we don't know, but we act. So we literally do polls um, and, and put surveys out to ask teammates, how are you feeling? What would be the support that would best serve you right now? We've done things like casual hangouts where we've just popped on Zoom and just said, how's it going? Very similar to a group chat, but you don't have to identify with a particular group. It's just, how are you? Um, thinking about how we can better support parents who are at home with their, with their littles and, and trying to work at the same time. Thinking about how we can better serve teammates whose partners may be out of work right now and they're feeling the, the pain from that. Um, we just we're just really leaning into that vulnerability and saying, yes, we've, we've done remote and we feel like we've done that to a certain level of, you know, understanding of what we've been used to thus far, but this is a completely different situation. I think the best thing that folks can do who are finding themselves in these situations suddenly is to be vulnerable and to not think that you're going to put something in place that's going to be this hard stamp of like, this is how we do it remotely because you're going to always need to be flexible. You're going to always need to listen to the heartbeat of your people and find out how you can best serve them. We're, we're conscious of how to serve our customers in this, in this time and how that impacts us, um, you know, whether it's financially, you know, um, physically with our time, emotionally, it's a lot for people to, to even think about bringing themselves to work, whole self or not, you know, in a time where your heart and your mind is so divided and focused on other things. 
And so I think it just really, now is the time for remote teams to really open up that heart space for themselves to say, I don't know, and that's the best that I have right now, but here's what we can do and be very transparent about it to open up communication, you know, from the top down to say, here's some ideas that we have, which, as I said, you know, we, we shared some of those communications and just constantly try to keep that pulse, um, trying to keep a pulse on, on, on managers and how conversations are going with, with their team um, and just opening up space for, for folks to say, I'm not okay and check in, you know, um, check in with each other. You know, you don't, like you said, you don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to check in on your teammate and go, I just want to make sure that, that you're okay. And I think that's the, the key for, for any team, whether you work remotely for in a, a period of time or you're just falling into it, is we don't have all the answers. But we're literally just trying to come together and ask those questions, be vulnerable, and, you know, day by day, try to see if we can help meet those needs um, for the team to move forward. Yeah, vulnerability and graciousness, I think, are the two words I like to use a lot. We have to personally be vulnerable and then offer graciousness to everyone around us. And I think that's more important now than ever. And so, um, you know, I think this actually gives us a really great excuse, Keisha, to invite you back on the podcast in like <laughs> months because, I mean, I just love your entire philosophy. The, the UX designer in me is just kind of loving it because it really does come down to you know, you, you put something out there, you test, you get feedback and you iterate. And I think we have to be applying that same philosophy, philosophy to how we approach diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging at our companies as well. So I would, I, I just am excited about having you come back in like six months and tell us about everything you learned <laughs> in the process oh, yeah. of all the stuff that you're doing. Cause I'm sure you're going to have so much insights to share with everybody too. And I think that's, that's part of the journey. Oh yeah. Oh, I, 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 I second that, Nina. <laughs> I, th I third that even if six months from now looks like the walking dead or a Mad Max movie, I don't even care. Well, there's going to be like, different insights to learn from that too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be the new voice oh. of the apocalypse. Yeah, well, all I know is I don't, I don't remember uh, hearing about a lot of uh, blind survivors on the walking dead. I'm just saying like, I won't, I won't know when they're coming. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have us. You're yeah. a secret weapon. Yeah, I don't know about that. You have a heightened sense of hearing, and so you'd probably like sense them way before we would with our, you know, relying yeah, we'll on sight too much. <laughs> run, run that way, Mike. Run. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just wrap a bunch of barbed wire around your 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 stick. <laughs> That's yeah, great. You got a weapon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're already ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, uh, <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Keisha, we so appreciate you. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This is great. You know, I love y'all. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Guys. That's wrapping up another episode of Choose Inclusion. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. You can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, and contact us on Twitter at chooseinclusion. <laughs>